Um, oh, he's pooping. He's pooping. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is probably going to be the cold open. <laughs> There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Oh yeah. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Center on our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Bospidania. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? This month, our theme is incognito. We're watching spy movies, baby. One of my absolute yeah. favorite genres of film. Uh, so Jim Bemmed movies, not James Bond. Yeah. It's Jim Bemmed. <laughs> Jim Bemmed. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this month and kind of dreading it because it's one of my favorite genres. So, you know, watching the worst examples of it is probably not going to be pleasant which was proven last week when we started off the month with picasso trigger uh more of a excuse me more of a playmate movie than it is a spy movie really had more action than this movie bitch in more ways than one all right this week was your turn jay what did we watch <laughs> on this week's episode we watched 2011's the double starring richard Gere and topher grace and martin sheen barely yeah, I enough. know. All right, Jay, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch for you. Sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Uh, here's your setup. Uh, you just got a new job. Congratulations. Congratulations. Very happy for you. You're working in IT for the FBI. Uh, unfortunately, oh, oh. though, the call you've been dreading your entire adult life Damn, comes in. You see, you're a Russian sleeper agent. Oh. Uh, your family was embedded years and years ago, and they just activated you. You've got to retrieve some secret information for them. Unfortunately, you're you're very bad at that. You lied on your resume. You do That's not have right. the skills you claimed you did. Uh, so you're going to be caught immediately. You've got about <laughs> 10 seconds before security kicks in the door and tackles you. In that time, sell us on this movie. I've got a great idea. Let's reboot 80s Cold War spy movies, except everybody's the double agent. Six seconds? And that's... <laughs> Everybody double agent. Everybody. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's just double agents all the way down. <clears throat> Only you didn't waste as much of our time as they did. Thank you. <laughs> Case, you should have known that when I got activated, you also got activated. Because we are clearly people that get into this silly stuff together. So, in the ten seconds before the bullets tear through me and then into you, sell us on this movie. Neither an officer nor a gentleman, Richard Gere plays a Russian double agent murder machine in charge of babysitting a mini murder machine, Eric Foreman. Seven seconds. Can I say something that is probably going to get me yelled at on this fucking podcast by two boys? What's that? We're no. only two weeks into this month, and I'm already kind of making the connection that spy movies are just high-tech westerns. They're boring as fuck. There's little action. There's too much talky bits and scenery. I... Unpopular, I'm sorry. Okay. <clears throat> we can have that discussion. But first, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. 
The double is a spice. Oh shit! Did that guy just slit a senator's throat? Are we getting a revolution up in this bitch? No, no, calm down. See, Jay, this is a spy flick, so brazen political espionage is the shtick to get Richard Gear out of retirement. Seems like journals are cheaper. Ooh, gross. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I'm sure Casey would like to. As I was saying, the feds need Richard Gere so that he can team up with young blood Topher Grace to investigate the uh, Russian killer known for these type of throat slittings. Fortunately, Topher is an expert on throat slitting Russian government assassins. That is a remarkably specific area of expertise. Would he just show up and turn an investigation down because it looks like the victim was stabbed instead of having their throat slit? I'm out! Is this like Pawn Stars? Like, Let me call in my throat slitting guy. Right, we'll see right. see what he has to say about That's it. That's what I'm saying. I'm, right, because yeah. it's not like he does a great job of trying to find the assassin. His entire strategy is to give a prisoner contraband and hope that he snitches. Sorry, comrade. Snitches get stitches. Stitches still would have been a better fate than the throat slitting that the prisoner ends up receiving. So yeah, after using the contraband to escape, thanks, Topher. You're a bro. The prisoner's found by the assassin himself. Surprise, not really reveal because it's in the fucking trailer. <laughs> the assassin is none other than Richard Gere himself. Mm. Gear gears up to give Topher yeah, a Colombian necktie until <sighs> Topher's wife shows up. He abandons Half the plan one. due to his no throat slitting in front of your family rule. Assassins have principles too, guys. Come on. Duh. Come on. Sure. Tover doesn't know it was gear. However, the vibe he gets is secret Russian throat-slitting government agent, which I guess is his specialty. That's probably why the other Russian terrorist, this guy Boslovsky, hasn't been caught by Tover yet. So as he and gear chase Boslovsky down, Tover becomes convinced that gear is the assassin and that he's out getting revenge on the people involved with the death of gear's wife and child. See? Hey, sometimes, man, you just got to take justice into your own hands. He's not a, he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, you know, tracking down and murdering all the people involved in a crime is a little more Joker than Batman, but hey, shades of gray, I guess. Gear tracks down Boslovsky, and when Topher shows up, Gear calls him out for being the double. See, yeah, that was the title of the movie, The Double. Did he? Yeah, they're both double agents. Topher and Gear bond over their shared love of hating America, which is a requirement to critique America, by the way. And they agree that Boslovsky is the actual threat. The Russian powers combined are not enough to take down Boslovsky without Gear getting mortally wounded, even if he gets the last laugh with his patented throat slitter with my watch trick. Topher cancels on defecting back to Russia, covers up for Gear by saying that Boslovsky is the throat slitting assassin, and then telling his boss to take this job and shove it. I think the moral of the story is that you're only a bad man if you do bad things for bad reasons. If you do the exact same bad things, but for a good reason, it's cool. Or like it cancels out. Wait a minute. A question. He's yep. supposed to be on a plane going to Russia that night. Does he not think they won't just deploy someone else to murder him and his broad? Ah, that's the sequel, The Triple, coming out this fall. I was like, please no. <laughs> I don't want it. See, he's actually been working for Guatemala the whole time. <laughs> Dave, I will not have you just casually ignore Topher Grace's boss, a.k.a. Martin fucking Sheen. Put some respect on it, sir. 
He's not just his boss. He's Martin fucking Sheen. He's a man of the people who gets coffee within snipe range. And Richard Gere reminds him of this, and he still doesn't give a fuck. You have to be at least this tall to get shot by a sniper. <laughs> oh, you leave him alone. <laughs> oh. I'm short, too. It's, it's he puffs his hair up. <laughs> I know. That's why I used to wear spiky hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Martin was not in this fucking movie enough. Number one, I didn't ever get to see him put on a coat or take off a coat, so I'm a That's little true. disappointed in That's that. That's true. But he, like, Al Pacino got more time in Sandler movies. I presume Al Pacino was paid a lot more money for the Adam Sandler movies. So it, it sort of depends, though, right? We're, we're watching spy movies. We need to remember that. And the head of spy movies, if they're, if they're an actual good character, the so Martin Sheen's the head of the CIA. If he's an actual decent character, he's not going to get much screen time. He's only going to get much screen time if he's, like, a secret villain or... Or he has some kind of corruption going on. So now I would have I would have loved that with with Martin Sheen. I would have loved them to have made him corrupt and use that to maybe fuel something. I don't know. There there was tons of crazy shit going on in this plot that would have made it crazier. But yeah, he went from like oh he's blind to everything to he knew Topher Grace was a Russian plant. Really? And he didn't figure out that Richard Gere was the fucking jackal? Or no, wait, you, that was a different movie Cassius. you said. Cassius. I, I, don't, I don't honestly know how to read that line. Because it, there's a sense in which it, it seems to imply that he knows that Topher's a double agent. And there's another sense in which it seems like he's just sort of offering him a job because of his skills. And because he's going to replace... Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, and, and maybe it's meant to be ambiguous, or maybe we're attributing too much, and it's just shitty writing, and they didn't clearly communicate. Right. I I lay the blame for that entirely on how terribly they handled the Richard Gear reveal, because yeah, sure, as I mentioned, the fact that Richard Gear is the hitman Cassius is in the fucking trailer of the movie, and the movie itself outright tells you what fifteen minutes in. Or so. I love Something like that. It's very quick. Very early on, the movie outright tells us this. And if they had sat on that and let some tension build and tried to spend a bit more time on the like mystery of this killer they're chasing, then it would have made the reveal that Topher Grace was also a double agent even more impactful, and it would have gave a reason for the for Martin Sheen to be in his like, hmm, I don't get it mood at the end of it instead giving it away 15 minutes in the Topher grace reveal ends up coming across feeling like oh shit we're at the end of the spy movie there's supposed to be a reveal uh uh he's a double agent too he's a double agent too that's the reveal right that's the trust because right. that hardly affects his character like there's not really a change between pre-reveal Topher grace and post reveal which is the same thing with richard gear and and one way in which this lets us down, right? When we watch other spy movies, so think about Mission Impossible, right? When you find out that Tom Cruise's boss is the bad guy, there's this real character switch. It feels like a different character. And you have this contrast between the two, whereas this is it's just like, like taking off an undershirt. Oh, I changed my fucking team uniform, and now I'm on, the, on another side. I'm sorry. All I could think was a better twist would have been 
if that big fat baby was instead of a baby, a sheath for a Tommy gun. And when he came home at the end of the movie, his wife was a triple double agent and shoots him in his car. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's no way a woman that small had a fucking baby that big. And okay. got and she got that small again. I'm gonna call bullshit, unless a surrogate was used. But that big ass baby did not. It was literally half the size of the woman. Every time they held it, it looked so <laughs> stupid in her arms. I'm like, that's way too big. It was, it was a very big baby. Thank you. Here's what I'm imagining. Topher Grace. It's the end of the movie. Topher Grace is sitting in his car. And he's about to walk into his house, but instead of walking into his house. He watches his wife come out with the baby and he smiles at her and she smiles at him and they lock eyes. And then she plunges her hand into the baby's butt and Topher's eyes just go wide. What the fuck is going on? Is she doing gross acts with our baby? And then it starts exploding around her as the fake skin falls away and it's actually a Tommy gun and she just lights him up. And his eyes are wide as you see blood coming out of his mouth and his eye sockets and his ears. And then they just cut to black. And that's the end of the movie. I would still would have been mad because the movie took too fucking long to get there. That should have been in the first 30 minutes. And the rest of the movie was like her doing bad bitch shit. You know what I mean? Ask me. Let me ask you this. Did you ever see the baby awake? No. (laughs) I don't. Something's so. going on with that baby. That's what yeah. I need to know more about. They gave him I whiskey. Mean, Babies love whiskey. Two things. Number one, Jay, there are uh, very few films where if the last shot of the film was any character <laughs> plunging their hand into an infant, <laughs> it would not be quite a twist for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but number two, before we... Before we get back to bitching about, like, what a bad spy movie this was, since you guys brought up that scene at the end uh, where Topher Grace is sitting in his car outside of his American home trying to decide whether he's going to run back to Russia or stay with his American family, right? So he's sitting in his car looking at his wife, and we've seen the inside of their home. This is a pretty beautiful house. It's overall pretty well done. For fucking D.C.? Yeah. Right. That's, like, wow, that's a nice-ass house. The man has a dedicated dining room. It's a pretty substantial property for something in, yeah, you know, within driving distance of the capital. fucking trees. So Topher sits in his car, watches his wife. She goes back inside. And I kind of ruined the climax of the movie for myself because he then gets out of his car and walks into the house, you know, having decided to stay in America with his wife. But the only thing going through my head is, are you going to tell me this house only has fucking street parking? Or did you just leave your car out there? And right. now you're going to have to go back later and move it into the garage. Why didn't you just pull into the driveway? I know you have, Topher. I what was the wondering fuck? the same thing. Why is he parking on the fucking street? Because it looks like there's okay. a driveway in the shot. Like, I know you wanted that shot of him walking up to the front of the house. But, like, make it make sense then. Yeah, why don't you just pull into the driveway? You could just show us pulling you right. pulling into the driveway. Right. Uh, okay, I'm going to say it. I feel like he was the worst part of this movie. I hate to be that guy, but he wasn't Topher good. Topher Grace? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm i going to go on record right now and say that Topher Grace is usually the worst part of any movie that he's in. <laughs> I don't like Michael Sarah. 
I'm sure he they're nice in real life, but I never enjoy them. I, he was great on that 70s show. I've just never seen him in anything else that I enjoyed his performance. He was great. He wasn't the best part of that 70s show, was he? No, not at all. No. No. He was just an acceptable protagonist. It's a very weird casting for a spy film to have your two main characters be Richard Gere and Eric fucking Foreman. <laughs> and Richard Gere kind of wins me over, but Eric Foreman right. does not pull it off at any point in the film. And Richard Gere was not giving it his best either. No. This is not his best role. And I say that from someone with a vagina who <laughs> leans yeah, yeah. dickly. And he just it wasn't his best role. No. I think, it's... I think the problem with Topher Grace for me is that he doesn't sell anything specific. He doesn't really give me the nerd vibe. He's supposed to be this nerd, but it, it doesn't really work for me. He's supposed to be a, a capable, suave political agent. That doesn't work for me. He's supposed to be a double agent. There's just no indication. Like, it, it's always sort of more like um he just drew a new pusher. thing out of a out of a hat yeah like, yeah. yeah i'm this now <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm prepared to at least chalk it up to bad writing for this movie because i think he could have pulled off the you know academia bookish nerd Probably. with a criminology degree really uh, reasonably well with a better script i've seen better performances on criminal minds and i don't even like that show <laughs> so anyway back to Richard Gere can I just say again from a place of nothing but love for Richard Gere I I don't think he did too hot on the action scenes and I don't think it was just the way they were filmed it just the two fight scenes he got they weren't good no they, they weren't good no, they tr they tried no. to go for the like skilled assassin style of a fight scene showing off, you know, just how good he was. Um, but they had neither the the time or the money or the Richard Gere capabilities to actually pull yes. that off, which was a mistake because you don't have to have like the super skilled uh, fighters in a spy movie like they can be just, you know, regular people shoving each other into walls and shit. And that can right. be a really tense fight sequence still it's uh they it, they definitely went the taken route where i love the idea your, your protagonist is not you just can't pull it off man well no. the taken comparison is good because it does sort of feel like they wanted to recreate that style of violence and and it doesn't they don't it sell doesn't. it at all at it all. just no. doesn't I'm bummed because I think that the garrot in the watch is a really clever idea. I would have loved to have seen them use it in more stealth situations like him coming out of the darkness. It was it was far too brazen. I just I I don't think it it was it worked together well. It didn't cohere well. Yeah, the 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 central hook of Richard Gere's combat is that he has a razor wire in his watch that he can pull out and he uses to slit people's throat or choke about or whatever. And, you know, it's like his whole thing is a hitman. And there's one sequence in particular where he executes a guy in broad daylight by distracting people. Uh, he trips oh, someone yeah. into traffic yeah. to distract everyone around them, flicks his little razor wire around the guy's throat, slits it, drops him, walks off into the sunset. It's a 
great sequence. Love it. It's one of those like movie magic moments that like in real life there would be someone half a block back that would have seen the whole thing go down. Yes. But in a movie, yes. it's perfect. And it's, it's a great beautiful. sequence and really shows what it could have done. But then all of the close combat sequences, it just looks like he's trying to slap people with his watch. Big and oof. doesn't come across as threatening in any way. No. 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 I would have liked to have seen them use Richard Gere more like Roger Moore in the Bond movie. I would have liked to have seen them use Richard Gere more like Billy Flynn in Chicago and have him sing and shit. Because that <laughs> and dance, he could give me the old razzle-dazzle, if you know what I mean. I yeah, was not razzle-dazzled by this fucking movie. It's it was the age-old... Oh, let's get him out of retirement for one more. T- Kate, no, absolutely not. Yeah, you can't not. stay retired if you are in any kind of like law <sighs> enforcement in the movie. CIA, no. FBI, blah blah yeah. blah. Retire. You're always gonna get called out of retirement, and it's always gonna be some case you worked for an inordinate amount of time and couldn't solve, and this is gonna be it. It. I. It's uh, exactly okay. like Replicant. It's almost I, I, like we've watched this plot before. Mm-mm. So very many times. I gotta, again, put this on the shitty handling of the Richard Gere character reveal. Because had they not revealed it that early in the movie, they try and set up this additional plot line where Richard Gere's character is this detective who essentially threw away his life chasing Cassius. And he doesn't want to see Topher Grace's character go down that same road. And that dynamic of, you know, this like half mad detective who spent his whole life chasing one criminal trying to stop the younger guy from going down the same road. That would have been, I think, one, a role Richard Gere could have done really well in and two, a much more interesting dynamic for the movie to then have that betrayed by the reveal that Richard Gere was Cassius all along. But oh, wait, you did that 10 minutes in. Why are you trying to feed me this second storyline now? Right. Yeah, they do the storyline of like, hey, don't sell your soul to the Russian mob because look what happened to my wife and kid. I mean, that baby's got a lot of extra neck skin, though, so the kid might live. Okay, can we talk about his anti hero arc? Because it drives me nuts. (laughs) It was like a fucking human Sharpay. Shut up, Dave. Topher Grace gets his assistant to build a timeline of all of Cassius's kills. Oh and God. they put a red line in between the the portion of the kills that were related to his, his work with the Ruffin, Russian government and the portion that were erratic to them that they didn't understand. Right? It's and then mm-hmm. and that's all is Russians. The, and that is the difference between Russians. him working for the Russian government. And him going on his vengeance spree, killing the people related to the person that killed his his daughter and wife. And that is his literal anti-hero arc line. They they physically put it on the screen and then they tell us about it <laughs> in blocky terms. It's some of the most crude storytelling I've seen. It reminded me, Casey said this, but it reminded me of a Neil Breen movie. It, I it, got hard Neil Breen vibes from <laughs> Richard Gere the whole time. It was very strange to have those wires crossed. I didn't like it. He couldn't fucking commit to an accent. He would like randomly try to like go New York for a minute 
And it was very strange. And then he would speak Russian and then he would speak English, like Midwest English. It was so strange. I just don't know. <laughs> that scene in particular, Jay, did have a very hard Neil Breen vibe to it. Yes. <laughs> it also is the one scene that just it bothered me so much that Topher is treated as this renowned expert on the Cassius investigation because Topher Grace's character is a terrible investigator. Yes. Uh, yes. First yes. of all, when they put all these pictures up on this board, his buddy gives him this little speech, right? About how like, okay, so what you got to do is if you have the theory that Richard Gere is the killer, you have to take the opposite theory that Richard Gere is not the killer and try and prove that right. And if you can't, then it means that Richard Gere is the killer, which first of all, no, no, it, it does. No, no at all. No, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. But they said it in a movie. They also... They also abuse terms like null hypothesis. They use that right. entirely wrong. Not how that works. They just drop p-value. Don't explain it. It's it's a it's a hot mess of buzzwords right. and jargon. I want to see that courtroom drama where the investigators up on the stand <laughs> says, "Well, listen, Your Honor, what I did was I took the theory that he's not the killer, and I couldn't prove that inconclusively, which proves that he is the killer." <laughs> Like, let me see that scene. And then Topher decides to test his theory by checking. He, he always believed that Cassius went back to the scene of his crimes, right? So right. he checks all of the For pictures. For no reason. It's right. just a gut feeling. Right. Just a gut feeling that Cassius went back to his crimes. So he checks all the pictures, and Richard Gere is in every single picture. He shows up at the scene of every crime. I wow. why. Right. Wow, Topher, the guy investigating a killer shows up at the crime scenes of that killer. Wow, he's what a great, great fucking investigator you are. Only serial killers have perfect attendance because they're fucking nerds. Ah, I was dying at that. I died at that. I'm right. like, and they play this big dramatic. Right. They play this big dramatic music and Topher Grace is, does this my God thing and rushes off. But like, of course, he's in all the pictures. <laughs> His name's on every report. He fucking right? works there, bro. <laughs> okay, Jay, you got to rant about your fucking huge problem with this movie. Let me rant about mine. I was so upset that they in no way, shape or form tried to make Richard gear up differently to play himself in 1988. This is two <laughs> years before pretty woman. Eight years after gigolo. You are fucking kidding me. It's a what? 23 year gap. And they just, just, it's just Richard gear. There's no effort put at making, at making him look younger at all. It's like, do at least what the K dramas do is put him in a wig <laughs> Maybe tape a little facial tape to pull his like skin back a little. Dress him the part, something, but it just like he wa looked like he walked from one set to the other. Oh, see, that didn't even register for me. I just like, oh, yeah, sure, God. that's what Richard Gere looks like. Makes sense, he would have looked like that twenty-three <laughs> years ago or so. Casey, I understand that you have strong feelings about the gerbil rumor. Yeah, so. I went down a gerbil hole, you might say, um, and did a lot of reading. 
I love what my Google history is looking like. I'm um, sure. So the gay rumor and the gerbil rumor are intertwined with Richard Gere because he played a gay Holocaust victim. And because they were like, hey, wasn't it gross to play a gay guy? Or are you gay now? And he was basically like, I don't think it really matters. Cosmically gay. He gave like a really fucking lovely answer. And everyone, because it was the 80s or 70s, was like, gay. So that's how he got. <laughs> and so and back then, too, gay people had to be deviants. They couldn't just have like just yeah. normal sex. It was always like. Oh, they put gerbil in each other's butts and fishes and pussies degenerate and stuff. Degenerate sex. De- yes, degenerate alternative sex. Um, so it's also credited to Sylvester Stallone starting it because he has beef with Richard Gere and got Richard Gere fired from the movie Lords of Flatbush. Also My? starring, yes, also starring Henry fucking Winkler, the Fonz. Okay, I think Stallone and Gear should settle it uh, in the ring. I was going to say by open mouth kissing because also let me circle it back to in the end scene of the film where Richard Gear is killing his wife and kids killer while he's choking him backwards at the garage. I swear to God he kissed him once. I thought it was going in. I was like, oh, is he get huh? Uh-huh. And while we're back on the topic of the watch joke, can I just say that the first thing I yelled when he used the watch garage was like, that's not how blood spatter would work because there would absolutely be blood spatter on that fucking watch as it retracts and it would throw blood droplets. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's really difficult, like in a very specific pattern. So I can't believe nobody else figured out it was a garage and not a fucking knife. Also. No, they knew, they knew that it was. No, that was Topher Grace. Was he was the one that figured out it was a garrot? Yeah, he didn't, and he didn't realize it was a garrot until after they interviewed the guy in the prison and he told them about the wires Correct. in their training. Oh yeah, because he was ah. like, "Oh, that makes so much sense on why the pattern on the throat was always such Secondly, and such way." Fucking, why would Richard Gere not have? Every single one of his right hand collar or cuffs of his sleeve stained with Russian blood. <laughs> like when it retracts, it's gonna spray shit places, including yeah. on you. Yeah. It's I mean no, it's not a, a good weapon as soon as you think about it logically in any degree. So cool. But like on the one hand, it's it's shown as being almost like razor sharp. Because he, he actually slits throats with it. He's not choking people with it. He's cutting their throat with it. Yes. So it's super sharp. But it's also, like, retractable, you know? So, like, wouldn't the back of his hand the watch is on just be sliced to shit from that thing whipping around as it's <laughs> reeling in? Yes. Like, all the time. at the crime scene. Right. He'd, he'd leave so much blood behind at every crime scene. Um, and then also, when you think about the physics of him holding it on one end by just the dial of a watch, remember? Because it, it, yeah, it connects all the way in. Piece. So just holding on to that tiny little dial of a watch, <laughs> and the other end is just holding on to your watch? That's not going to work, man, to exert any real pressure. How does it cut necks but not fingers? Right. 
Like, okay, who's Cassius? Just look for the guy the whose right hand is fucked up on the back and their fingers are <laughs> fucked up on the left. He's got to have a hook for on one hand. That's the only safe way to do the watch is hook Listen, for one hand. Listen, you're analyzing it too much. It's a cool spy fucking killer tool. I will forgive all of that because it is fucking cool. And yeah, I wish yeah. they had done better with it. Right. But overall, it was still fucking sweet, and I'll take it. Because there's no other spy gadgets in the goddamn movie. So, like, give me more watch garot, please. So, like, I don't... Early on in the movie, Richard Gere goes to watch a children's baseball game near his house. <laughs> which is a, a creepy thing for a grown adult to do, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, I think so. But while he's there, he strikes up a conversation with one of the moms in the stand and asks her, which one's yours? And she tells her, oh, that's my son on second base, yada, yada. And then, you know, she asks him, which one's yours? And Richard Gere has to explain that he doesn't have a kid here. He just comes to watch other people's kids play baseball, which is a fucking creepy thing for an adult to be doing. So like, 1-800-CHRIS-HANSON. Uh, yeah, get him on speed dial. Lock him up. Like, Richard Gere, come on. You don't ask the which kid's yours question if one of them isn't yours. They're going to ask you the question back that's just perving 101 man that's the social exchange that's how we do this right you gotta claim a kid you gotta be like mine's the one on the bench do you think he should have just lied yes i mean i would expect yeah you just lie or i you know oh i'm one of them's uncle my kid's sick i have amnesia i don't know which one's <laughs> mine <laughs> I woke up. I'm and Richard just, Gere. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which one of them's your? Which one of them is mine? Whatever one I choose to buy tonight. Now tell me some of your son's attributes. <laughs> right. I mean, fuck. You are wearing the face of Richard Gere. You can realistically say you're here to pick out a new stepchild, and that woman would immediately give you her panties. So. <laughs> Yes, There's I so would. many better ways to handle this. And this I, one sucks. Let's make a new one, Richard Gere. I, I think I would have loved it if they would have taken time to stop and have like a, oh, I, I like someone stop and be like, Richard Gere? Like, oh, I get that all the time. Like something like that. You know, that I would have. That's why I I've never been that. arrested for my crimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Or that would be even better if like, if at some point Tober Grace went to go get him and it was actually Richard, it is like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You look like someone I know. Uh, do I know you? I, I, I'm the actor Richard Gere. Oh, no. No, sorry. I'm so, looking for someone else. That would have been great. Jay, see, I think they very wisely chose not to do that scene because if they had, I would have immediately had to compare it to Ocean's Eleven when Topher Grace gets mobbed by people outside the club while everybody overlooks George Clooney and Brad Pitt and it's a fucking great little moment and so like they realize we can't recreate that Topher Grace already did that that's true we gotta move on sure I don't love opening the movie with maybe that was supposed to be our secret Russian dog whistle if he's not a good guy even though we're making him look like a good guy you'll see Gear. There's one more twist left, and that's to ask the question that we always do. So, Who Dave, knows? we'll start with you. 2011's The Double. 
Would you watch it again? Oh, man. Obviously, I hate the way they handle the plot of this movie. Uh, it just, it, they, I just take the scenes that you already have and reshuffle them, and there's a much better film here. Yeah. But despite Shuffle that, your deck. I didn't really hate this. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not a great spy movie, and I don't think it has a ton of rewatchability. You know, the hallmark of... Like, Jay, you mentioned Mission Impossible, and one of the great things about that is when you can rewatch it and see to yourself at the beginning of the movie that, like, oh, yeah, that is his own hand pointing the gun back at the camera. And, oh, yeah, he never does get these things in frame. And there's none of that in this movie. You can't go back and see the breadcrumbs they were leaving because there's no breadcrumbs to be found. There's just what they show you on the screen. But... I think just for the credit of the one really good hitman kill that Richard Gere gets in this movie, I will go back and watch it again. So, yeah, I'm going to watch the double again. Casey, how about you? Is your love for Richard Gere enough to bring this back or is it too bad and you'll just watch something else? The double. Would you watch it again? This was so boring. No, no, I will not watch this again. Wow. Definitive. Boring. I love Richard Gere, and I love watching him choke people with a watch garage. I can't deny that. But honestly, I just I'll rewatch Chicago if I want a, a zazzy Richard Gere, which I always do. I'm honestly I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up this call soon and just go watch like Chicago Super Smash Cut. So, uh, no, I this was a snarky western. Jay, how about you? It's your movie, your tiebreaker, 2011's The Double. Would you, Incog, watch it again? Well, I got to say that I think that Dave's right, that the the scene where Richard Gere pulls off the hit is worth watching so in and of good. itself. It, it's so beautiful. Good. And there are a couple of moments where I had a lot of fun with The Double. Most of it, not so much. I think that it really misses the thrill. It doesn't give me a whole lot of excitement. The performances are relatively flat. I didn't feel the spy vibe. And I think that's more of what I come for than anything else. So, no, I'm I'm not going to watch it again. The verdict is in. One out of three of us is going to watch the double again. But it's up to you. You watch it and you let us know what you thought. Dave, what do we have going on next week? Well, you know what? For Incognito Month, I'm going to do something that I think is pretty special. You see, despite being referenced all the goddamn time, we have never watched an MCU movie on oh. shitty cinema. So next week, we are going to be watching the Scarlett Johansson in Black Widow. Thanks for getting us yelled at ahead of time, Dave. In the You're meantime... Welcome. Follow us on social media, Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at badmoviesbadpeople, Instagram at casey.cinema, Patreon slash slash shitty cinema, or shittycinema.com. Check the description below if you didn't catch all that. Give us a five-star review on Spotify if that still exists by the time this is released. Share this podcast with friends, and never forget, we motherfucking love you. In the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Throw out a crossword puzzle and check the time. Huh?